Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And welcome back to The Back Brief. I'm Rod Rodriguez. By now, you've no doubt heard that Afghanistan pretty much belongs to the Taliban now. As of yesterday, the insurgents, as the press is calling them, have taken two-thirds of the country. Two-thirds. Now, I think it's interesting that we're still calling the Taliban insurgents. They have been the shadow governance of the country since we overthrew them. And they are now emerging from that shadow to claim what they've said is theirs. What they've treated as theirs. And what for all intents and purposes is theirs now. So if anything, the quote government that we helped institute is now the real insurgency as they scramble to survive, not fight for their country, but to survive. Because that's all they can do at this point. President Biden told the media, quote, they've got to fight for themselves, fight for their nation. Now, I don't disagree with that. They should. But that's not what's That's not what's happening. 20 plus years of training and support, two decades of reporting to the American people that the Afghan army is doing great. They're going to be able to defend their country when we leave. That the dumpster fire that was their military force that most U.S. military service members witnessed and expressed concerns over. Well. The good old, they'll get it together when push comes to shove mantra. Well, folks, push came to shove. It shoved. And they've fallen over harder than an Afghan mud wall. Now, I'm not advocating. I am not advocating for a protracted presence. In fact, we probably stayed in Afghanistan about 19 years too long. I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been said about the war in Afghanistan or the one in Iraq. Simply, we had zero plan for these countries. Now, I'm all about shooting Al-Qaeda or ISIS or any other terrorist organization in the world right in the face. But we based an entire 
country building plan around that notion, didn't we? I won't even get into the fact that the 9-11 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia because that's a different episode. That's a different discussion. But the fact that we decided back in the early 2000s, let's rebuild the country or two. And then we decided we would rebuild Afghanistan. Afghanistan. We're talking about a country no one's been able to rule from Alexander the Great to the Russians. And we decided we would bring law and order. We can't bring law and order to Chicago. Have you seen Detroit, folks? Those cities need Batman. We are going to civilize Afghanistan through a very complex version of military gentrification, right? I wonder if senior officials 20 years thought there would be a Starbucks in Kabul today. That all we had to do was throw on a new coat of paint. Maybe patch up some walls, teach some Afghans how to fly fighter jets. And before you knew it, some hipster millennials would be snowboarding down the Hindu Kush. These same people said Iraq would welcome us with open arms. Saddam would fall and Iraq would be super in love with American democracy. What could go wrong, right? Well, literally everything has gone wrong, hasn't it? We went into the business of nation building. Business went under. We put a sign out front of Afghanistan that said under new management. Well, we popped smoke almost overnight. A little over 7,000 U.S. service members have died fighting the Iraq and Afghan wars. 7,000 plus. That's a small town, folks. That's almost an entire division. And that's not even including the wounded. Let's get real here. The Iraq war was led on false pretense. We all know this. We all know this. We were told about nuclear weapons and chemical weapons and Saddam was going to sell these things to Osama bin Laden and there was a whatever, you know, 20 years later. We know this, we know this was false. We know this was a lie. The purpose of invading Afghanistan was to deny Al-Qaeda safe haven by the Taliban. And to kill Osama bin Laden, who, surprise, was in Pakistan. That is another issue to discuss at a different time, too. But here we are. 20 years later. Thousands dead, wounded, service members. And what do you have to show for it? What do we got? We killed Osama bin Laden. And we dumped his body into the ocean. Good riddance. Good. Two-thirds of Afghanistan is now back in the hands of the Taliban. Two-thirds. I love how the media tried to play it off as, maybe it's going to be different this time around. You know, when when the Taliban started taking towns, the media tried really hard to spin it. Like, well, you know, the Taliban are different this time. They're they're, you know, maybe they're gonna be a governance and they've learned a lot. Um no. <laughs> no. 
They acted as if the Taliban had been overseas learning governance lessons at the Marshall Center for Peace. Nope. They're right back to dragging young girls out of their homes, killing everyone that doesn't jump on board the Taliban bandwagon, and they're settling old scores. Go look up Chai Boy. Go go look that up. That's C-H-A-I-B-O-Y. A Chai Boy. Boy as in a young child. A young male child. Go look that up. Go Google it. Because that shit is back. And soon, they'll be chopping heads off all over again. Probably in one of our own abandoned fobs, just for the vibes. Earlier this week, I saw two conflicting news reports. One said that the U.S. would be using airstrikes to help the Afghans fight the Taliban. Well, that's good news, right? But in the very same news thread, another headline. That the U.S. is not increasing airstrikes. From an AP article, quote, there's little appetite at the White House, the Pentagon, or among the American public for trying to stop the route, and it probably is too late to do so anyway. We're even talking about relocating our embassy to the Kabul airport. It's very possible now that we'll have to fight our way into Kabul to get our people out of Kabul. Just today, I was watching the news. 3,000 Marines are getting ready to deploy to evacuate our embassy. Now, I will tell you, if you're the Taliban, this is, this is not good news. Because there, there are 3,000 hungry Marines who are looking to get some final kills before this match is over. Good. Maybe one final punch before we leave. So what's the solution here, folks? Hmm? What is the loud man saying on the podcast that we should do? I got nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. Look, we're not colonizers. Okay, we're not going to go back to Afghanistan, institute a U.S. We're not going to go into Afghanistan and not just institute, put up a U.S. political leader. That's not what we're going to do. We're not going to split the country up and and fight not just the Taliban, but anyone that would oppose U.S. rule. I can't imagine us doing that. I can't even imagine us having a, a discussion about that as a country. What president, what leader is going to go in front of America and say, okay, check it out. Me and the generals, we did an after action review. We talked about what went right, what's gone wrong, and everything in between. So we think we know how to fix this now. So we're going to need about $300 trillion over the next 20 years and about 15,000 more troops to throw into the meat grinder. But we're going to get it right this time. Nobody. Nobody's going to do that. And I would argue nobody should. We are bad at building countries. It is not 
especially ones that don't even look a lot of the Afghans don't even recognize Afghanistan as a country. All they care about is their valley, their tribe, and that's about it. No one's rocking the Afghanistan shirts, really. That, that's not how they see it. But we're trying to force this perspective on them. I'm not an analyst. I'm not a Afghan analyst. I am not a geopolitical uh, expert. But from what I've seen from my time in Afghanistan, from my time interacting with folks that have worked with these people, that's just the simple truth. So what do we do now? Looks like all we can do now is force the VA to look after our veterans, pretend like maybe all was not lost. I don't know how, but sure. And try to avoid the coming headlines of Taliban atrocities across the country and the people our service members have cared about. Listen, we never hated the Afghans. We hated the rule of the Taliban. We hated what they did to those people. I have a hatred in my heart for ISIS that no one outside of veterans who have served in in, in, in Iraq can understand. Knowing what ISIS has done to the good people of Iraq turns my stomach. And in that same way, we share that type of hatred for the Taliban. We never hated the Afghans. We hated the Taliban. Every service member wanted to help that country. We wanted to show these people a different way. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough, and we know that now. Do the Afghans have some measure of fault here? Of course they do. Back in July, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, said in a press conference, quote, this is going to be a test now of the will and leadership of the Afghan people. The Afghan security forces, the government of Afghanistan. That's what he said. This is going to be a test now of their will and leadership. They have failed the test. What more can be said? I don't know. They failed. We can point to all the whys, but freaking failed. We gave them time, money, training, equipment, at the end of the day, it's not the tutor's job to pass the exam for you. You have to do it yourself. But let's be real. The writing was on the wall, wasn't it? No one who had been there and trained those people had any real confidence in their ability to fight the Taliban. Or to hold on to the country for themselves. Some exceptions to the rule, of course. And I will tell you right now, those exceptions are being routed out right now by the Taliban, and they're being eliminated. Some seriously brave Afghans are fighting an uphill fight that they are not going to win. 
there is a certainty that it is a lost cause. All of this I will say, you know, <laughs> I get the skepticism on the COVID vaccine, okay? <laughs> I'm bringing it back to the vaccine, folks. But listen, I get you guys completely because, listen, the experts said, don't worry about Afghanistan. Here's how it's going to play out, didn't they? Don't worry about Osama bin Laden. We're super advanced. We have the the greatest satellites and spy networks and uh, super soldiers. We're gonna find him in a week, and he's find him in a month. He's dead in a month. We're experts. We were told we're experts. We got this whole Iraq and Afghanistan thing. Our political leaders went in front of cameras and told us the reasons for. Iraq and Afghanistan. They told us that those reasons were legit. And we were told if you weren't behind these wars, you were simply an uneducated, un-American idiot, case closed. And I'm hearing the same thing today. And I get it. Is it any wonder that the American public is so averse to listening to experts. Is it any wonder that we take the other side of the political aisles, quote unquote, experts opinions with a grain of salt? Because we are literally watching the end result of our government's expertise, aren't we? We are witnessing firsthand that some folks don't know their heads from their own. And now lots of people are going to die. Now, I still support the vaccine. I'm not changing my mind on that. But to those of you that are skeptical, I get it why you're skeptical. I get it. We have kind of a sordid history with experts, don't we? We have a sordid history with vaccines even. The DOD mandates override your skepticism, though, if you're an employee of the DOD, but I get it. There's no answer to Afghanistan. There's no real plan for Afghanistan, it seems. All we can do now is eulogize it. Send them your thoughts and prayers and call it mission accomplished. When future generations ask us about that shadowy place north of Pakistan with the smoke billowing from it and the whimpers of the oppressed, heard echoing through those mountains we once dreamed would be riddled with tourists. When our children's children ask us about that place, we'll have to simply tell them, oh, that's Afghanistan. You must never go there. Before we wrap this up, 
I saw another article. And it's not the first one I've seen like this. There's been a couple of stories about a child and their parents serving together in uniform at some fob. I get the spirit of the story. It's supposed to be a a feel-good story about, you know, mom and her kid or dad and the daughter. They're serving together in uniform. But let me tell you something, man. Does anyone else feel absolutely sick to their stomach that you can serve with your kid in the same war you've been fighting You can serve with your kid at the fob that you helped build. And nobody's thinking, well, that's not a sign of of winning that that's actually pretty depressing. That should have been an indicator. Why? Look, I have been in the army. I, uh, you know, now in the army reserve for more than 20 years. Actually 20. My son is in the army. My other kiddo is about to be a Marine. It, it, it it's, insane to think that we could be in the same area fighting my war that we didn't win. Our kids shouldn't inherit our freaking wars. And if they do, there's a serious problem here. Maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. Maybe I just need to eat the story the way it's fed to me, right? Num, num, num. Feel good about it. Num, num, num. Great story. Num, num, num. Put on the blinders. Ignore what's going on in Afghanistan for the rest of our lives. Forget about Iraq being run by militia groups. You know, out of the two countries that run in Iraq, Iraq, I'm sorry, run in Iraq. Well, there you go. Between Afghanistan and Iraq, Iraq learned how to play the game. They knew how to talk to the Americans, you know, slap on a fancy suit, come over here, shake some hands, all is well in Iraq. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the country being run by militia groups. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Twenty years of war. We've wrapped it up. Now we're talking about downsizing the military. <laughs> num num num. eat the stories num 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 speaking of stories folks go to connectingvets.com they have all sorts of stories all sorts it's all about the military and veterans and there are some legit feel 
good stories. Stories about veterans persevering. Stories about remember, uh, remembering. Remembering the fallen. Stories that are current. Stories that will educate you about what's going on in Afghanistan and Iraq, around the rest of the world. And there are also some stories in there. I get you thinking. Make sure you go check out another amazing podcast uh, run by my good friend, Phil Briggs, CBSI and Veterans, one of my favorite podcasts. Look, you're going to get some good stories there as well. Phil Briggs brings you some uplifting, some sometimes sad, but there's always some edge to it, man. There are some great episodes. CBS Ion Veterans, I think the last episode has Hicks and Gracie, uh, an amazing the godfather of jiu-jitsu, the godfather of MMA. The guy is a, a monster and a legend, but there's a lot that we can probably learn from a master of a martial art like jiu-jitsu. Learning about how an arm bar or choke has a lot more to do with the person who's doing it than the actual implementation of move. It's about mindset, right? About having a plan. <laughs> you don't jump into a fight with the jujitsu guy unless you got a plan. So that's connectingvets.com. Go check out those amazing stories. You can always find this show the back brief everywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you share this episode. Look, you don't have to agree with me, man. If you don't agree with me, let me know. Send me an email, rod at connectingvets.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at rodpodrod. I'm always interested in hearing your guys' opinion. Disagree with me. Let's keep it civil, folks. Or don't keep it civil. I really don't care if you don't keep it civil. It's 2021, baby. It's a whole new era. It's a whole new thing in social media. Everybody just kind of uh, hates everyone and says crazy stuff now on social keyboard warriors and Cheeto fingers and it's a weird world out there isn't it especially as a veteran lots of weird stuff going on this is a weird time to to see the world and to those 3,000 Marines if any of you are listening good luck gentlemen I hope you all, 3,000 of you, come home, all 10 fingers and toes, alive, happy, and well, with a couple scalps tacked onto your belts. I wish nothing but good for the Afghan people. I wish nothing but good. I'm Rod Rodriguez. This was the back brief. I will be back next week. A whole new topic, a whole new rant, maybe another guest. If you guys got any suggestions for guests or topics, hit me up, Rod Pod Rod, Rod at ConnectingVets.com. That's it for me. I'm out. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.